you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. There are over 1,000 laws that protect married couples or provide benefits when it comes to filing taxes at the federal level. Then, at the state level, things get even murkier, with some states still not recognizing same-sex marriages when filing taxes. So what can we do to better prepare ourselves to file taxes in 2019? And is there anything that we should be doing to make sure we filed our taxes correctly in the past years? Well, we have... Christina Taylor from Credit Karma on to talk to us about a study that she helped Credit Karma conduct, as well as some suggestions on how we can use their free tax tool to make sure we've done the best job for our finances when it comes to filing our taxes. She also has a suggestion on how we can refile our taxes to get money back if we didn't file correctly in past years. So let's chat with Christina. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome, Christina Taylor of Credit Karma. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely welcome. So you are the manager of tax operations. That sounds kind of scary. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I have over a decade of accounting and tax experience, and I basically help people file their taxes for free at Credit Karma just because we think it should be accessible to everyone and kind of make sure that everything runs as smoothly as possible. Got you. Got you. Of course, I have to say, thank God for people like you. (laughs) Because John and I do not like to do taxes. (laughs) And I think there are a lot of people who don't like to do taxes. I'm glad you enjoy it. (laughs) I don't think our accountant likes to do taxes either because he's filed an extension the last three years. (laughs) Anyway, so please share with us a little bit about this pretty cool study that Credit Karma put together. So we did a study of approximately 150 people who were in same-sex marriages just to find out kind of what they knew about tax benefits for the LGBTQ community. We asked about 40 questions and it was just conducted in March of this year. Nice. Yeah, it was a pretty exhaustive study and it had some pretty interesting information, such as where were you living in the time that you got married and was marriage equality legal at the time in that particular state? So they actually had some pretty great information, which we'll link to in our show notes here. Why exactly did Credit Karma produce the study? What was your motivation? So we produced the study to better understand if same-sex married couples were aware of all of the tax breaks available to them. And the goal of the survey was to deliver tips and advice to the LGBTQ community on how to file their taxes and how to amend previous year filings if that benefits them. Gotcha. So are gay people smarter than straight people when it comes to taxes? (laughs) Did we win? No. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting you bring this up because... I was just at an event last week. One of the individuals, an executive who was speaking, was talking about a conversation that he had had with someone who was not necessarily supportive of gay marriage or marriage equality. Instead of going down the political or religious path, he just made the comment to the person he was talking to that there are over 1,000 laws on the books in the United States that provide protections or some sort of tax benefit for married couples. And he pointed out that it doesn't matter what you think religiously or politically, those protections are not being applied to 
same-sex couples that have been together in many cases as long, if not longer, than their stray counterparts. And it made the gentleman stop and think. So it sounds like you're prepared to tell us what those 1,000 <laughs> laws are. Uh, not Mind. all of them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's nice that you're trying to help keep us informed because simply the fact that there are so many laws on the books has to be to even a tax accountant a little bit confusing or at least take a little bit of time to figure it all out. It does. And one of the biggest issues is that federal law is different than a lot of state law. So while same-sex couples are recognized on federal tax returns in some states, they may have to file with different filing statuses based on the state laws, which I think just complicates things further. Yeah, it makes does. it harder. So <laughs> our, filing our taxes in those 31 states is harder than trying to maintain your job is also harder. <laughs> but that's, that's a different show. So what are your biggest takeaways from the study that Credit Karma did? So the biggest takeaways from the study are that more than a quarter of same-sex spouses seem to still be confused about selecting a filing status, with women being more confused than men. And then we also found that some respondents are still filing incorrectly. They're not aware that they can file married filing jointly on their federal tax returns, which, as you mentioned, allows them a lot more credits and benefits than some of the other filing statuses they may choose. And another thing that was a big takeaway from the study is that when respondents got married, most of them didn't know that the IRS had issued guidance on filing for same-sex couples or that the IRS allows same-sex couples to file amended returns for up to three years to take advantage of the financial benefits of filing jointly. And another big takeaway, studies have shown that same-sex couples are more likely to adopt than non-same-sex couples, but a lot of the people surveyed were not aware of the adoption credit, which is a pretty large tax credit that's available to married filing jointly taxpayers as well as other statuses. Gotcha. Wow, wow. that's a lot of confusion. Can we take a step back? So when you say filing status, that's specifically married filing jointly or married filing separately. Is that correct? It's married filing jointly, married filing separately. Then there's also single, which would be one individual with no children or head of household, which could be one individual with someone that is their dependent living in their household. Then there's also qualifying widower. So there's actually five filing statuses. Wow. Oh, got you. Yeah. So is the confusion with whether or not they should file singly or whether or not they should file married and jointly or married and separately? The biggest benefit for most taxpayers is married filing jointly. If same-sex couples are allowed to do that, that's going to be beneficial for them in most cases. However, based on the survey results, some people were still planning to file their federal taxes as single or head of household, even though they qualify to file as married filing jointly. Any reason why that might be? Before the IRS issued guidance for same-sex couples, that was how same-sex couples had to file. But now that they've issued guidance, which has been a few years now, there's no need for that. It's a legally recognized union, and married filing jointly is allowed for federal returns. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's almost that it's been a habit because we've been doing it for so long. Right. It's still surprising to me, but I guess I can kind of understand that we talk to people from time to time, and they're still unaware that marriage is legal in all 50 states in the United States for same-sex couples. 
So if there are people outside of our community who still don't understand that we can be married or be recognized in the eyes of the law, there are probably individuals within our own community who don't understand the legal benefits or complications that come with being married. Right. I wonder, too, if there's a sense of confusion because for those people who live in the states where they can't file married and jointly at the state level, or they don't have all the other protections of LGBT people, that they think that, that when they file their taxes federally, that everything should just be the same as what they do at the state. Yeah. Yeah, I think that definitely leads to the confusion. Just because the states kind of can do their own thing, whereas the IRS is pretty uniform, but mm-hmm. exactly like you said, depending on what state you live in, there may be extra hoops to jump through and you may have to file separate state returns you can still file a married filing jointly, joint federal return. Right. And I think too, when I used to do my own taxes and I used software in the past, you do like either your state or your federal first. And then when it gets to the next stage, it gives you the option to just like pretty much copy the same information <laughs> to the next. Right. And so I think most people are probably like, okay, let's just do that and that'll be easier. Or I want to keep everything the same. Otherwise, it might cause a red flag with those scary tax people, <laughs> the IRS. <laughs> yeah. So then you said there was some confusion about the adoption credit. So the adoption credit is available to most taxpayers. Basically, every filing status except for married filing separately is going to be allowed the adoption tax credit if you have taxable income. And that credit can be up to $13,570 per adopted child. So it's a substantial credit depending on the amount of tax you owe for the year. Right. That's, right. That is huge. That's gigantic. So you got a same-sex couple could adopt a child, right? Yes. They can get that tax credit. A same-sex couple can get married and one of the spouses can bring their biological child into the relationship. And then the other spouse, the non-biological parent, could adopt the child and then also benefit from, no? No, I think that maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Christina, but I thought that when we had from the adoption- Help us adopt. Help us adopt. Yeah. She said that the the credit only applies when you're actually truly adopting the child. An adoption as a second parent doesn't qualify for the tax credit. Oh, gotcha. And that's correct. So this credit is only when you're not adopting your partner's biological child. So- It would be you and your partner are adopting a child together where you're both adopting or one of you is adopting, but it's not the other partner's biological child. Gotcha. It just goes to show there's so much information to digest before you make an informed decision. It can be extremely difficult to make the right decision. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the reason why you're looking at this is you want to help more individuals make an informed decision about how they file their taxes to get the best benefit they can. Definitely. You need like an infographic the size of the Empire State Building (laughs) to to get all these caveats. Right. (laughs) So despite the confusion, whether you filed incorrectly in the past or not, what you're saying is that we can go back for three years and file an amendment and then maybe recoup some of the money we might have already paid. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And it's up to three years after you file a return or two years after you pay your taxes for that year, whichever is later. Maybe you could give us an example. Why would someone do that? Is it because they now are informed and understand that they could have taken advantage of a particular credit and they want to do that? And so let's say last year, John and I had adopted a child and we weren't aware of it. We didn't take the adoption credit. 
we could go back and amend our return to take advantage of that? Yes. And another reason that a lot of people amend would be for filing status change. So like the survey showed, quite a few of the respondents were filing with an incorrect filing status, such as single or head of household, and they were eligible to file married filing jointly, which will allow more credits and allows a higher income to get more credits. So they could amend just to change their filing status, which would most likely allow them to get more credits if they were legally married during that tax year. Gotcha. In essence, you're basically saying, get informed. If there needs to be a change, that change could put money in your pocket. Yes. Well, we love that story. Get get informed and then file an amendment to get that change in your pocket. Right. Right now I'm seeing that little, the more you know, rainbow that goes across the screen when you get a public service announcement on TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But it it looks like- Very financially beneficial. Yeah, exactly. But it looks like from the study that about 85% of LGBT filers haven't filed an amendment since getting married. That's right. And is the expectation or the estimate that 85% could be getting more in return if they did file an amendment? I would say yes. If they knew that they could file married filing jointly, then filing an amendment probably would not benefit them. But if they chose single or head of household or married filing separately, I would recommend they go back and just take a look and see if you know filing as married filing jointly would get them more money. There are some people who know that they did it right, and so they don't plan on filing amendments, and that's great. We want more people to be informed and you know, not have to file amendments, but if it's available to you, I would highly recommend it. Absolutely. Might as well do it, especially if it could be up to $13,500 in your pocket. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what does that process look like? It's a pain in the ass to file my taxes to begin with, <laughs> and I have an accountant. So what's it look like to file an amendment from three years ago? So depending on how you did your taxes three years ago will determine the difficulty of the process. Um, So if you went to a CPA, you could always just, you know, tell them like, you know, we were legally married then and we should be able to file married filing jointly, or we had started the adoption process and didn't know we could take this credit and we'd like you to redo it with these adoption expenses included, and then they can file your amendment for you. Another way is Usually, if you filed online, you'll have your prior year entries saved, and then you can file an amendment based on those entries and just kind of update those entries and then create an amendment from that. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and do it by hand. (laughs) Is that even allowed? Do you have to get like a number two pencil? (laughs) Exactly. Stay inside the circle? Right. (laughs) So is there a way for someone to check to see whether or not this would be advantageous to even start the process? There's no easy way to check without doing some things by hand or using software. Mm -hmm. However, I would say there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, but I would say that if a couple is legally married, let's say in 2016, One person filed as single, the other filed as head of household. Most likely, if they filed as married filing jointly, they're going to get a larger tax benefit. Right. So it's a little easier to kind of make a generalization about those kinds of circumstances. But if you want to dig deeper, then either start looking into the (laughs) filing that you did or maybe talk to an accountant because it sounds like it could mean a fair chunk of money back for you. Yeah, I would think 
as hard it is to understand tax laws and as complicated as it can get going back up to three years, that it would be probably most advantageous, though it will probably cost you some money, to connect with an accountant who is familiar with LGBT tax laws. Work with them before diving too much into the weeds of trying to refile your taxes because you might end up finding that investing the time isn't worth it if you're only going to get a couple hundred bucks. (laughs) Right. We're taking right now at least kind of a looking back view of this. Going forward, you said that Credit Karma is trying to help keep us informed and provide tools that would allow us to file in the future. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So we have a life event-based interview for our tax product, which is a little bit different than what others do. So we don't expect you to know the tax law or the tax code. We don't ask you detailed tax questions that you may not know the answer to. We simply ask you what life events apply to you if you're married, if you have kids, if you own a house, if you're going to college, if your kids are going to college, those kind of things. And then we basically build like a personal product for you based on those answers. Gotcha. So it's easy, it's quick, and it's free. And we have two years under our belt now and hoping to continue for many more. Is that something that if I wanted to, I could go look at right now? Yes. It's at creditkarma.com slash tax. And you can go through the life event, which is really just some boxes that you'll select if different life events apply to you. And we build what's called your tax packet based on that, which is just the areas of the site you'll need to go through based on what you told us about you. And then you get to file for free. And e-filing is free as well. And states are free. So it's a great product. We could file both federally and at the state level through Credit Karma for free. Yes. Got you. Matt should be nervous. <laughs> yeah. Our accountant should be nervous. He's talking no. <laughs> So one of the data points that I thought was interesting from the study was that 36% of respondents have claimed a medical expense deduction for gender reassignment treatment. That never even would have dawned on me. However, 99.7% received questions from the IRS about that request for a deduction. So medical expense deduction is one of the more looked at areas of the tax return. And in the past, cosmetic surgery, braces, things like that, that while taxpayers may consider necessary, the IRS does not consider necessary. So based on the amount of the medical expense deduction, the IRS may take a look at returns based on that, which is why people receive questions. So one thing I would recommend for the gender reassignment treatment is for anyone considering that treatment or who is planning on getting that treatment to get a doctor's diagnosis before beginning it, just because that's something you'll want to have on hand to show the IRS if they do question your deduction. That makes a lot of sense. Gotcha. And so to be clear, is gender reassignment surgery, is that permitted for a tax deduction? So there's actually been some legal cases recently with the IRS, and they have allowed it in certain cases, usually when there is doctor's diagnosis to support the treatment. But then they've also disallowed some other surgeries that were related to gender reassignment that weren't considered medically necessary based on the doctor's diagnosis and the treatment. Yeah, I've more recently discovered some of these surgeries and I was not aware of. So for example, some of the surgeries that are done to the face to feminize or masculinize the face, like you said, it may be 
on our side, we may look at it and say that's absolutely necessary. But on the tax code side, they may look at it as somewhat like someone might consider plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery. Right. But it sounds like you have more ammo, the more support you have from your doctor for the different aspects of your gender reassignment, including cosmetic, possibly. Yes. Yeah. And the good news, though, is that 73% of those who did receive questions about their gender reassignment tax deduction were able to still get the deduction, but it just caused some questions. Right. If they come and ask questions, if you have the doctor's diagnosis, that only helps your case. I would highly recommend that to any listeners or anyone who's planning on this treatment and really any other medical deduction as well. You should have a doctor's diagnosis that this is you know, medically necessary just to support any kind of medical deduction. I always knew that you could get a deduction for medical expenses, but I've never claimed it myself. Right. And doesn't it have to be over a certain percentage of your income for the year? Yeah. Yes, it's actually a pretty high percentage, seven and a half percent. So it has to exceed seven and a half to 10% of your AGI for you to be able to claim any of it. That's quite a bit. Got you. It is quite a bit, but we do know that the transgender people in our community do tend to have lower incomes for several reasons. So uh, they might more easily qualify for that deduction than the general population. Which in some ways may be viewed as a way to actually pay for it. When you know you're going to get that deduction, it lowers your taxes for the year, which is a benefit that you could potentially add back into your income that covers those surgeries. Yeah. So this is all great information. Where will Credit Karma be publishing the results of this survey? So we've already published an editorial article with this information, and the article has been picked up by Mike and CNBC. So you can go to any of those places to check it out. Nice. That's awesome. And of course, you can go to the Debt Free Guys Career Money Show Notes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What does Credit Karma hope that the queer community will take from this? Is the message essentially double check that you filed your taxes correctly for the last three years? And if there were any errors, do your recalculation? So that's one of the things. I think the bigger thing is that we just want to empower the LGBTQ community to make financial progress and to be aware of the tax breaks and benefits that are available to them. And also, you know, have an easy to use tax service that is available for everyone to file for free on. Right. So even though they can't refile their taxes through Credit Karma this year, if they decide to do so for any of the three previous years, next year when our community files their taxes, consider using Credit Karma. Yes. And where can our community stay on top of all things Credit Karma on social media and elsewhere in the internet. (laughs) So you can go to creditkarma.com to get free credit scores. And we have all of our social media links there. And then you can learn more about taxes at creditkarma.com slash tax. And really at Credit Karma on any social media outlet will get you to us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate Credit Karma doing this study and we appreciate your time, Christina, and coming on and sharing the results of it. This is great information and No doubt our audience will get some value from it. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Wow. Were you as surprised as I was that there are potentially five filing statuses for us as same-sex couples? Plus, all of the confusion around federal and state tax filing? No wonder so many of us in the community are struggling to file our taxes properly. Thank you again, Christina and Credit Karma, for sharing with us the results of the study and providing a free tool that can help us file properly. 
If you are curious about your past tax filings, head on over to creditkarma.com forward slash tax to find out more. Plus, use this free tool for your 2019 taxes to ensure that you file the best return for your financial future. Thanks again. If you liked listening to this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or the tool you use to listen to podcasts. Thanks, and have a fabulous week. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Would help me if I had a personal chef made all all my healthy meals for me. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts. So... (laughs) From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.